And now, an interview with Matt Forbeck. I am talking to author and game designer Matt Forbeck. Hello, sir. How are you doing, Joe? Good, good. Good to have you on here. Thanks for um, having me. I appreciate it. Of your many projects that you've got going on, something that uh, I find particularly interesting as a writer is this 12 for 12 project that you've got going. For anyone who's not familiar, why don't you tell us a little bit about what that is? Sure. It's this crazy idea I had last summer. I thought, hey, I write pretty quickly. I bet you I could write a novel a month, right? <laughs> which is yeah. like this insane bar bet. <laughs> and, you know, that may have come up at Gen Con, actually, last year, uh, the oh, yeah? gaming convention. And I looked at it and I thought, you know, I'd love to do that, actually. I think it would be a lot of fun. I think I could certainly do it. The trouble is that I also have a lot of other gigs that I do as a freelance writer. Like, I write the Magic the Gathering comic book for IDW, and I have a few other things, computer games, toy work, a novel, Carpathia, coming out at the end of the month here from Angry Robot. So I didn't think I could give all that up, and I didn't want to give all that up, right? So I yeah. thought, let me trim this down a little bit. Instead of writing, like, 80,000-word novels, which is what I usually go for, I'll try writing 50,000-word novels, which will give me a little bit more breathing room. And I decided to launch that program back in last November as a Kickstarter and said, look, hey, guys, I really want to do this, but I need to be able to eat, so I'd like to basically take pre-orders for these books, and we'll do some special editions. They'll be autographed and hardcovers and soft covers and things like that for people who are interested. And you can sign up for a high pledge and get your name in the book or create a character or something like that. And it did pretty well. It started in November and ended on December 4th, and we ended up racking up something over $13,000 for three, the first three novels. And I'm currently just about a week and a half ago launched the uh, the second Kickstarter for the second trilogy of novels, and that's already up just shy of $5,000 at the moment, I believe. That is awesome. As someone who has tried NaNoWriMo and just sitting there, and I'm still at like 30,000 words from last November, <laughs> um, when I saw this project, I was like, is he insane? <laughs> well, you know, I'm a full-time writer, right? This is my day job. Yeah. I look at my daily work and I know I can do this, right? Back before I had a whole bunch of kids as a full-time freelance role-playing game designer, I would write regularly 5,000 words a day. Since the kids came along, uh, they cut into my writing time a little bit, so I'm down about 3,000 words a day. But on good days, I get up to five, 6,000 words. That is very cool, and I think anyone who's aspiring towards being a writer full-time is definitely <laughs> going to try to hit that goal. Well, um, you know, if you're getting paid by the word, generating more words helps. They all have to be quality words, true. mind you. Um, <laughs> they have to be publishable words, but uh, being able to generate them quickly, and after you've been doing it for some 10, 20 years, uh, you do get a little bit quicker at it. Oh, very cool, very cool. So the first trilogy, you already mentioned, is already funded. Yes. And that was for your Brave New World novels. Yes. And why don't you tell us a little bit about those? Yeah, that's based on a role-playing game, not the Aldous Huxley novel. The original quote for Brave New World comes from Shakespeare's The Tempest, actually, where uh, Miranda, who's the daughter of the wizard Prospero, sees a man washed up on the shore of their private island for the first time in her life she's ever seen anybody but her father. And she looks at this handsome guy who's about to become a love interest, and she says, oh, brave new world that has such people in it, right? And I thought yeah. that was perfect for a superhero role-playing game. So back in 1999, I came out with a superhero role-playing game called Brave New World through Pinnacle Entertainment Group, and it was later published by Alderac Entertainment Group, or AEG. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's been basically laying fallow for the last 10 years or so. We did about eight or nine different books in the line, and then cut it off. But we've had some people over at Reactor 88 Studios working on doing an independent film based on it. 
And I said, geez, you know, we got uh, this good fan base of game players out there. We got a lot of people who are interested in my writing. Let's see what happens if we cross the strings and combine them for this first set of trilogies. And so far, it seems to be going pretty well. For me, it's a lot of fun because I get to return to this world that I spent a lot of time and effort creating a dozen years ago. Yeah. And the fans seem to really be enjoying it so far, too. Can you actually tell us anything about how the movie's going? Yeah, it's currently on hiatus. We got a proof of concept video made, which is about five to eight minutes long, I forget. It uh, depends on which edit you look at. And it's, it's uh, basically the first eight pages of the, uh, the role-playing game are a comic book, and we took those and filmed those. And then we have a screenplay that follows it off after that and tells you what's going to happen in the world. But we build the proof of concept, hoping to go out and find funding for the rest of the movie. The problem is that being an over-the-top, high-action role-playing game with superheroes in it, this is not a cheap movie to make, right? Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, I can imagine. So, you know, we went back to the well, and we actually are now working on a, a couple of different movies, one of which is uh, Inspectors, which is based on the role-playing game by Jared Sorensen. That is such an awesome game. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoy it. No, we got a kick out of it. I love that stuff. I love Jared's stuff from way back, actually. And so we have a screenplay that I and a guy named Jeff Dome worked on that actually was shot last year and is currently in post-production. So that'll be out sometime later this year. And the idea there, again, is to prove to people with money that we have a team of people who can make these kind of movies and make, do well, and then hopefully use that as a means of leveraging funding out of people so we make a bigger movie later on. Excellent. I wish you the best of luck with that because I really want to see these movies. <laughs> <laughs> the second one is a boatload of fun. And honestly, being yeah. this kind of slacker Ghostbuster thing is a lot easier to shoot on a shoestring budget than you would expect. Let's move on to your second trilogy, which is, as of this recording, still being funded. Yes. Uh, so the Kickstarter is still open for it. That's the Shotguns and Sorcery novels. Right. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about those? Yeah, people have until March 11th to get on this Kickstarter. And just go to kickstarter.com or to go to my website at forbeck.com and you can find out about it. But it's based on a, a setting called Shotguns and Sorcery that I had originally developed as, a, again, a role-playing game setting for uh, Mongoose Publishing back in about 2001. But then my wife got pregnant with quadruplets, and that kind of shot everything <laughs> to hell as far as to get that done. So I, I never yeah. actually got very far beyond the notes and beyond selling it to Mongoose. And the rights reverted back to me. I said, geez, I've had this idea sitting around for a long time. I'd love to get back to this. It's a lot of fun. It's kind of this noirish fantasy setting in this city called the Dragon City, which is on the coast of this continent that's basically overtaken by undead and other types of zombies. The city basically is a dragon emperor that controls the entire place and protects the people from the dead. But striated, as you go up the mountain, you get more and more powerful people. Like the orcs live at the bottom, and the humans and the halflings live about a quarter of the way up. Then you have the dwarves, then you have the elves, and then you have the dragon that sits up top. So it's got this great Chandler-esque, Hammond-esque kind of noir going on, but in a fantasy setting, right? Yeah, that was very cool. I really love that mashup. I was actually, just last night, I was looking at Goblin Town Justice, the short story that you've put out. Yes, that's available for free for anybody who wants to read it, of course. As soon as I got to the part where you're using flying carpets as taxis, I was totally <laughs> sold on it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's such a great image, you know? It's like, I, yeah. I, I flagged down a flying carpet, you know? Oh, yeah, okay, suddenly you know exactly where you are, even if you've never seen this before. I love both genres and just the whole mixing of them. The sweet and sour effect is uh, <laughs> very cool there. I really like that. Thank you. So folks, again, have until March 11th if they want to get in on that. The way it works is what I do is I set a very low goal for the first book in the trilogy, and then we try to see if we can hit stretch goals where we can unlock the second and third books in the trilogy. So right now we're, uh, we shattered the first one very quickly, I think in 32 hours, uh, and now we're stretching out to see if we can get the second book unlocked and then the third book unlocked. Uh, and usually this has me chewing my nails right until the last second. 
but it's good fun. And, you know, usually what happens is you have this big spike at the beginning, and then it kind of levels out in the middle. And then in the last week, everybody says, oh, oh, oh I got to do that, or I'm going to forget it. And then it spikes up again. And, you know, the trouble, of course, is during that middle period, you're always yeah. going, I hope the spike comes. I hope the spike yeah. comes. Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. Well, let us hope that that happens. Can you tell us anything about the remaining two trilogies you have planned? Well, I can tell you a little bit. Uh, the fourth one, I'm not quite sure about yet. I'm actually contemplating a set of thrillers for the next one that are more modern-day stuff. And for the fourth one, I'm thinking either science fiction or maybe some combination of free individual one-shot books. So I'm, I'm going back and forth between. Those are still a little bit off for me. Okay. I actually have a really good idea for the thrillers that's going to set them apart from everything else, but I'm not quite ready to announce it yet. Cool. Well, we're looking forward to that then. And just looking over your coming soon list of, mm-hmm. on your website here, you've got, to put it mildly, quite a few plates in the air. Yeah. Um, but I noticed that you had have here, and you also mentioned that at the end of the month you've got a novel called Carpathia coming out. Yep. Uh, what's that about? The 100th anniversary of the sinking of the Titanic is coming up on April 15th, and uh, the ship that picks up the survivors of the Titanic was called the Carpathia. And the Carpathia, of course, is also named after a set of mountains that ring part of Transylvania and is actually the mountain range in which Castle Dracula sits. So the connection here is what happens if the ship that picks up the Titanic survivors is actually full of vampires on their way back to Europe? (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. What kind of hell comes out of that? (laughs) (laughs) I think that qualifies as irony. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, my publisher's like, the lucky ones went down with the ship, right? (laughs) Yeah. You you want to be respectful because this is a real disaster, right? I mean, it's been 100 years, so so we could play with it a little bit. But, I mean, there are a lot of people died with this, but I'm taking care to be very respectful of the actual real-life individuals, and uh, I can cock a lot of, obviously, fabricated vampires uh, and such to to battle it out with each other. So it's good fun. That's excellent. Uh, Is there anything else you'd like to mention before we go? Uh, Well, I do also have the Magic the Gathering comic book I'm doing for IDW, uh, and that's coming out. The next issue will be on February 29th. And is that based in like their core world, or is there a It kind a of jumps separate around. Uh, it starts out in Ravnica. They don't have really one core world, but the first issue starts out in Ravnica, and from there it goes to Innistrad, which is where the current block is, this kind of horror-themed block. And uh, from then it's, from there, I, I shouldn't probably reveal where it's going to go from there quite yet. But okay. It's a four-issue miniseries for that, and then they just announced that we're going to be doing a second four-issue miniseries starting in the month after that. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, let's hope we keep rolling on them. Well, now, if folks want to find you online, uh, you and your various projects, where should they go? Go to forbeck.com. That's F-O-R-B-E-C-K.com. And I try to keep it updated fairly regularly. I've been there. There is a lot of stuff on there, and it is all very awesome. Thanks very much for talking to us. Oh, thanks for talking to me, Jim. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. You too. Music by Kevin McLeod of Incompetent.